What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. You guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Lisa? 2016. Yeah. First of all, did you see Lisa Lee Jessup over here? Her little shoulders going Look. like this. Did you see her? Did you see her <laughs> grooving? Let me, you, let me tell you what she's special. <laughs> she's a ginger. Uh-huh. And she's a curly hair. And you know yes. there's a curly hair mouth. Two for one, right? So it's like she already gifted. All right? <laughs> she already blessed. <laughs> she's prospering already. Exactly. <laughs> so you know how we do it on the rant room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. See, you can cuss on my show. Love girl. it. Love it. <laughs> we can finally get her out. Look. Hey, uh, apologies that? to uh, Netflix. Oh. What happened? Because Luke K dropped. Yeah, did, did you? And then like, them? and then it was like mm. the the server for Netflix stopped working. What? Because I know when I got back from HBO oh, and it dropped, it came out, one o'clock in the morning, I was watching at least the first half of the first episode before mm-hmm. I have time to binge watch. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll sneak a little episode later. And I could not get on Netflix. Really? Yeah, it was Netflix Armageddon yesterday. It was, yes. I didn't even know that. I didn't it was hear like, that. Yeah, yeah. I was so busy. Three hours. So, Three hours wow. now. So, of course, we were saying it was because... Luke Cage drop. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good, though. That's right? that the rumor. Good. That sounds that's the good. Rumor. Yeah, that's yeah. So you guys hear? That's my girl Lisa Bolakaja. We call her that. We call her the Street Notice. Why we call you that? Well, because a lot of times <laughs> I can bring you things that's from the street. Uh-huh. And what else? And sometimes in an academic sense, so it goes a little softer. <laughs> See how she codes switches on you? <laughs> no, it's funny because I have to mention this. Shout out to HBO uh, and also Geek Soul Brother because Geek Soul Brother is the one that hooked me that's up right. with it to be able to go mm. to the Westworld premiere uh, at CAA uh, Thursday. And I got to see the pilot and got to be on a panel to talk about science fiction and talk about that. And um, I'm excited because it was like I had parameters. <laughs> <laughs> like they gave us little rules and things uh, you could say and not say. So I, I was, I was, I'm, I'm good behavior. I was on my good behavior. <laughs> you painted and inside yes, the lines. I did. I stayed inside the lines and got to talk about you know the the new show Westworld. It premieres. Um, well, this episode's going to show up tomorrow, but premieres on Sundays on HBO, and mm-hmm. I'm excited about it because it's dark. Love it's that. sci-fi, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not afraid to take chances. And mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the show pulls up. So I was excited to be able to talk my nerdy, geeky stuff mm-hmm. and um, squee out. And uh, <laughs> I was sitting there. I was like, Hilly, you're going to kill me if I get up here and make a fool in front of these executives. But shout out to HBO and CAA and, of course, the wonderful cast of Westworld. So how do how? That's what's up. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. So you guys know how we do it on the rant room. If you guys are grown, let's get it in. So we got my girl here. Finally. Hey, hey. Finally. Finally. It's been, we've been 
talking about it for about two oh, years, huh? Years. I know. Yeah, and I was actually going to come on, and then a friend of mine came into town. Remember that? That's yes. right. That's right. Yes. That's right. That's right. One of those. Wait, now we keep coming those. in. She don't, she's not coming in. She heard it. One I know. Day. I was like, guess who I got coming in? <laughs> and I was like, we texted me. I'm like, I'm only going to believe it when I see it. It's like, <laughs> sure, she's coming. Exactly. Sure, she's coming. And she's here. And, and shout out to Colin for setting that up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, guy. They love him. Um, so what's up, Lee Jessup? All good on a Sunday yeah. morning. How are you? <laughs> you almost can't say her name without saying Lee Jessup, can you? <laughs> she branded I'm, that shit. I almost want to say DJ. DJ. Lee oh yeah, Jessup. DJ Jessup. <laughs> In the house. Yeah. Pick it, pick it. Uh. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. What so, a good way to spend a Sunday. Yeah. Yes, of course, definitely. Yes. So, like I said, we've been trying to get you on for a while. Um, for those people who don't know you, just give them a little blurb of who you are. Sure thing. I'm a career coach for screenwriters, mm-hmm. so all screenwriters all the time came up in this industry. Don't I like know that. All one. screenwriters mm-hmm. all the time. I see Absolutely that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, came up in this industry, so don't know another one. Did my first feature as a production coordinator when I was 17. Dad's a mm-hmm. producer. Told me he'll never give me a job. I said, <laughs> fuck you. Went and got my own. Mm-hmm. Go, no nepotism. Go okay, <laughs> Take that, Pops. Take that, Pops. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, Pops lives upstairs from me now, so we're all good. Well, you know, it's all family. <laughs> the circle of okay, love, the circle. girl. Got lucky, placed the script when I was 23. Got it, had it picked up by a big production company. William Morris mm. was packaging it, and I quickly found out that I did not want to be a working writer. Interesting. Which was a great gift to me, because yeah. from, there, from there on, I went on to development. Mm-hmm. Then I went to run ScriptShark, which is folded. And that's mm-hmm. where I first uh, was familiar with your name, was with ScriptShark. Yep. Yeah. So I was at ScriptShark. I wanted to find some more sanity outside mm-hmm. of the development world, because mm-hmm. it just killed me yes. to call writers and say... So sorry, we're pivoting, our slate is changing, mm-hmm. your actor is in jail, and we can no longer sure <laughs> that did have to make that call. And we're dropping the project. Uh, we got to get his bail. We got to get his bail money. So <laughs> we yeah. got to take it out of your we money. Gotta, so uh, we'll, we'll talk to you. We soon. have to figure out where the gun is. Okay? Exactly. That's um, so yes, I went to Script Shark for some sanity, but mm-hmm. like kept seeing the thing that I saw in development, which was writers getting in their own way. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing this national um, business of screenwriting seminar that New York Times sponsored for me, went all over the country, and then people started finding me and saying, hey, can I talk to you for five minutes? Sure. Hmm. And then a lady by the name of Kenny, Kelly Analons called me one and she was like, can I book a session? And I was hmm. like, can you, what a what? <laughs> like, what's that? What's yeah, that? Huh? What do I pay you? I was like, okay. what what? <laughs> and that's how I started coaching a million years ago. Hmm. Kelly, still a good, good friend. Um, and just moved out to LA. Very proud of her. Okay. Um, but yeah, but started coaching officially. Was co- coaching unofficially for about four years, mm-hmm. where writers just found me. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. There's no there there because nobody else is doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's just talking to writers about career and strategy mm-hmm. and planning and how do you right. do this and right. yada yada. There's you know a lot of web stuff, some misinformation. I said it's going to crash and burn because nobody's doing it. Evidence, nobody wants it. I quit Script Shark. I went to do it full time, and in two months, I had a full roster, really? yeah, full time wow. job, loving every second of it. Been I'm not surprised it. that you have a hustle mentality, though. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean in like, no, a, no, no. you know I, what I mean. I take it as a compliment. It's a grind, girl. It's a grind. <laughs> you have a hustle mentality, like even in your delivery and how you talk, you're so uh, sure. You know, of what it is you want and what you need. So I can see people being drawn to that and, and, and wanting to get information from you. You know what I mean? Somebody told me that the other day. They're like, 
there's a reason why you run the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, people listen to you. And I was mm-hmm. like, they do, don't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, listen, I love this industry. I know screenwriting. I love data, though. Like, mm-hmm. So I love mm-hmm. studying what's happening in the industry. Uh, okay. I love the ebbs and flows of it. I love mm-hmm. talking to people for some reason. People have been kind to me all along, open up to me, talk to me. So I have friends in representation. I have friends in production that mm-hmm. kind of keep me in the loop and keep sure. me connected to what's happening so I can help my writers. I can study you know, large swaths of writers and writerly behaviors and what's happening to them and trends and mm-hmm. whatnot because I get to work with all of these working writers, emerging writers, whatnot, mm-hmm. and really kind of take the data and mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, granted, it's unofficial data, but it's effectively sure. case studies sure. and figure out what's happening, how people are breaking in, how are they getting working, what's the process of, of XYZ. And so been doing it full, full time for, gosh, four or five years now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's and the I, greatest job And I love the earth. fact, yeah, here's what's interesting, what you just said. You said that you saw a need for something, and then, but you didn't see anybody else doing yeah. it. And your first inclination was, oh, maybe it's not a good idea. But instead of like, oh, well, no one's doing it, I guess I won't do it. You just went and jumped in and did it anyway and see, found out there is a need. So that, My whole that's, point mm-hmm. is no regrets. Right. Like, when I'm dying, when I'm in my deathbed, I never want to like, <laughs> look at my life and go, fuck, why didn't I try that? Mm-hmm. Like, I should have tried it. I would have mm-hmm. been so happy. Right. Maybe I would have failed. Right. But that's my whole take on everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, no, you don't leave space for regrets. Right. Definitely. If right. you regret something, it's something accidental, something that deviated on you, mm-hmm. whatever. But it's not something that was within your control. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I understand why more people don't do this mm-hmm. because... You can't formulate a break, right? No. You can't say, follow these three steps right. and you'll have a screenwriting career. Yeah. Right. And I understand that to a lot of people, taking a look at it is like, shit, I'm going to have, you know, I can't just create a formula and then preach it for the next 12 years mm-hmm. and make a living and write mm-hmm. 17 books off of that, which is not knocking what anybody else is doing, Correct. specifically on the script Correct. front. And I think right. that on the craft front, you can really do that. Yeah, but definitely. with the dynamic industry that shifts and changes all the time, mm-hmm. right. there is no formula. You have to think on your feet. You mm-hmm. have to be you know, just ready to go. And I'm a person who likes coming from a place of having to figure it out, being a little scared that I don't mm-hmm. have all the information, so mm-hmm. going out to get it, because that's when I'm at my best. Sure. I mean, Lisa and I talk about it all the time, about mm-hmm. how <clears throat> how different it was back when we first started, you know. Like, oh, the old, we, the old school spec market. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean? <laughs> like, back in 2000 yes. or whatever, like, when, when I first started writing, right. I was an actor before that, but how everything was on hard copy and everything was oh, yeah. so different. There was no real internet. There was no, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It was just so not accessible. Mm-hmm. You had to go to the library, bitch. You had to, yep. you had to go to the bookstore, go, Samuel go, French go or whatever. To, go to Sam and, and getting the brads. Yeah. Uh-huh. And going and yeah. getting things and having to get the They covers. sold them at Kinko's okay. and shit. Yeah. The long getting, brads. Yes, the yeah. short brads, yeah. the quarter one, and then getting like the, the, the cover pages, like the nice hard cover so that if they read your script, <laughs> it'll make your page. It'll protect the covers. So yep. the ready, like I remember going to get no spaghetti. Yes. 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 yes, yes, we all know him. Yes, yes. yes. and he how, used to sponsor me a lot for he's different such, He's such a sweet man. So, yeah. The nicest guy in the world. For those of you guys who don't know, yeah. Mazziar did like the majority of script printing yes. in LA. Just posters, yes. everything. Yes. Such yes. a sweet, mm-hmm. sweetheart of a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of the changes, let's talk about when you saw the need to come in and start because a lot of times we have. <laughs> You know, we have coaches things that help you, like, to pitch. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, we have the classes for, you know, writing screenplays and stuff. We've got all the guru stuff. But let's break down for everybody on here to understand what it is that you do when you're coaching a writer to figure out what their brand is and what they're doing. Because a lot of people are thinking, 
yeah, we get coaches for everything else, but no one makes that concept yeah. that yeah, you they need don't somebody they, for a career. They don't get no, why you need yeah. one for right. a screenwriter. I'm like, right. this is the, probably the most important okay. one. Yeah, it's like if you go, if you yes. go to a financial planner yes. to talk about your stocks and your mm-hmm. bonds and figure out where you're going to be, it's mm-hmm. like you never, think, you never think about it as a writer because all we think about is the end point. Like, I'm going to sell the script and be a rich bitch. Correct. You know? It's not like, well, while you're doing this, this is the business side. This yeah. is how you market yourself. Sure. Especially when you're learning about what your skill set is as a writer. Because mm-hmm. not all writers are good at everything. Some no. writers are good at writing a certain type of writing and they need to understand what their weaknesses are. So can you just kind of give our, our people out there to understand what it is that you help them do to become better writers? Sure. So let's just have me start with saying that craft is key. You have to have a great mm-hmm. script. Without a great script, you're not breaking in. Like, <laughs> let's just say that. So all the time and energy that's put into that, absolutely, you have to do it. But because breaking in is not a linear thing, right? You write a script, you sell the script, you become a superstar. That doesn't mm-hmm. exist today. No. Like, it really, it's 20 years in the making, 10 mm-hmm, years in the mm-hmm. making, five years in the making, if you're really fucking lucky. Right. Um, right. So it's figuring out how to get from here to there, because it used to be, you know, I, I remember years ago, I was on a panel with Brant Rose, mm-hmm. um, the agent, this is like 10, 15 years ago, and he said to me, I, d- I get 10% of the money, therefore I do 10% of the work. <laughs> Breaking in is not 10% of the work. Oh, Just I love so that. you're clear. Yeah. Um, and so what are those other 30 or 40 or 50% that a writer has right. to put in? Mm-hmm. And that's my job to help the writer figure out. So whether it's starting at the very beginning, looking at where you're at your best, figuring out what is it that you can write consistently and effectively mm-hmm. to brand yourself. So if you're a TV writer, you can't have a one-hour drama, one-hour dramedy, and a half-hour comedy and say, like, here I am as a writer. Like, what are mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. I don't know what you are. I don't understand what to do with you. And if I don't understand it, an agent won't, a manager won't, mm-hmm. producer or unless they love your project and it's the one they've been dreaming of all their lives, which I'm sorry doesn't happen anymore. (laughs) They're not going to know how to work with you. So it's first of all, figuring out who you are as a writer, what's your writer's identity, supplementing it with everything that you need to know in that -hmm. that space. Because if you're a half-hour comedy writer, you don't just sit at home and write half-hour comedy. You have to go do sketch. You have to go do improv. You have to do, you know, I.O. And now you have to go shoot some shit. Yeah, you have to to do, you know, can you do a web series? Like, Mm -hmm. what can you do? How can you do? Have a really funny blog. Mm -hmm. What else do you need to be learning? in the space how do you build not only your brand in script but your brand in your identity are you on Twitter are you cracking 140 character jokes like what are you doing how are you doing it learning the industry Mm -hmm. figuring out what are the paths that are available to you? So if you're a TV writer, are you going to go for fellowships? Are you going to go for the assistant route? Are you mm-hmm. going to try and you know sell a pilot, which is very much now what be- in kind of the film space that the spec market died. We went to a packaging mm-hmm. market. Well, guess what? We're in a packaging market for TV as yep. well. Like two same years thing. ago, we yeah, saw a time thing. where everyone was like, ooh, pilots, new writer, don't care. Right. Let's buy him. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, who's on it? Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, so exactly. it's kind of really figuring out what are your paths? How do you work towards them systematically? What's the support system that you've put into place? And from there on, building the writer's career with that in mind. So, you know, getting to a place where do you have the body of work? Do you go to a rep? Who do you go to first? Manager, agent? Who Mm -hmm. are the managers that you should go to? What's a viable manager? What isn't? Because, you know, there's a lot of fringe people in this Mm -hmm. industry who are like, sure, I'll compose music and I'll rep writers and I'll do some stage design work Mm -hmm. and I'll, you know, and I'll manage you. Like, (laughs) no, that's not an effective manager. Um, What are the differences? Why are the differences? How do you work with them? Then once you're repped, how do you accelerate because mm-hmm. it only gets tougher when you have an agent or a manager and yeah. it's not an automatic yeah. like because people are, kick back when they get an agent oh i got oh, an no, agent no, 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 and no, no. also this too also because a lot of people especially newbies 
when you get your first agent, mm-hmm. a lot of times we're so happy to have that one agent or manager that we don't really take the time to figure out is that agent or manager right for yep. you Correct. and to be able to step away. Yep. A lot of times we hold on to these bad relationships. Oh, yeah. I ain't going to never get no man. Yep. I'm going to hold yeah, on to exactly. this one forever. And you realize exactly. you need to lay that toxic relationship. And I've seen it from some, a lot of our yeah. writer friends. Yeah. Like, right. oh, I've been with this manager, but they're not really doing anything. And I'm thinking, why, well, why are you there, And they're like, well, I got a manager. And they're with, manager. They're yes. with a big name company. Yes. And I'm like, it's exactly what you said. It's like, I'm home on a Saturday night. Right. But I got a boyfriend. Right. But I never see him. Right. And if you had someone to coach you to tell you, like, no, you need to be a little bit yeah. more aggressive and assertive with your career. Well, and the problem with bad representation or represent, it's not even bad reps. It's reps that are not either A, not effective, or B, not that interested in you because mm-hmm. they have That's big clear. clients to tend to. Right. It makes you, it lulls you into complacency, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a manager. I have an agent. They're working for me. So you're like, I'm going to sit back because my man, like, it's subconscious. The writers mm-hmm. do this. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to hang back. Like, no. And then you find out your shit ain't been sent nowhere. Like, <laughs> you say exactly. like, wait, who, they had a new show. How come I didn't send my stuff? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I didn't think, I didn't send it out. Sorry. Like, what? when you think it's in your hands, you end up doing a lot more. It's figuring out what to do. And a lot of writers kind of go, I finished the script. I don't know what to do now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go write the next script. Mm-hmm. Great. Then you have like 17 scripts mm-hmm. you come off like something really wrong with you because you have 17 scripts ain't nobody seen them mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. people are like either you're crazy or you have poor social skills okay um, <laughs> neither one of them specifically good for this um, so it's kind of figuring out okay you have three four great scripts you mm-hmm. vetted them they're good like you've worked with people in this industry whether they're friends or consultants and we can you know we can mm-hmm. talk back and forth mm-hmm. about whether one should you use consultants or not forever I'm in the standpoint that if you don't have a writer friend who's willing to look at your shit and give you notes, go, go to a reader, go to yeah. a consultant, go where you got to go to make your work great. Right. Once you have that, what do you do with that? And I, you know, I work with writers all the way to like studio writers who are doing assignments mm-hmm. and they're, they can, there continue to be challenges. I find that there are more and more challenges the bigger you get. Mm. So somebody asked me once, I'm, I met with this guy who's a newbie who's coming mm-hmm. up and he was like, I want to do this and I want to do that. I want to get a manager. And then, of course, we'll be done working together. And I said, sure, <laughs> if that's, that's how it works for you, sure. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, 60% of my writers are repped. Mm-hmm. Like, well, why are they working with you? Because there are that many more challenges yep. then. It's that much harder. There's that yeah, much Yeah, illusions work. of grandeur. Yeah. 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 yeah, and it's navigating the relationship and mm-hmm. understanding what to expect from your rep and what not. And when's the relationship working and when isn't it? And if you need to, to switch reps and, mm-hmm. you know, if you faltered in the eye of your rep and how do you repair those things and what can you still do on your own? Because, again, they're taking 10% of the money. Sure. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they're doing 10% of the work. There's a lot of shit that you can do on your own. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So... That's kind of the very large. But you were going in. I like the fact of, you know, talking about the, the newbie writers and also, like you said, because a couple of the guys that have been coming in and we've been talking about when you've already established writer mm-hmm. and especially those who are coming in and now with the, the new networks and the new things like Netflix and Hulu and yeah. all these other things, how are the established writers coming in and trying to rebrand themselves and oh, figure yeah. out how to navigate? Because a lot of times we get in there and we think we're in, we're successful. And then the career is going on, and then you have these slumps, and you know, established people need to know, okay, how do I reinvent oh, yeah. myself too? Oh yeah. You know? I mean, listen, I, I work with writers who've had huge successes and then stalled, or then you know, their agent got you know, JJ Abrams, mm-hmm. so they're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not JJ, I'm mm-hmm. gonna hang out over here, Hello. right, right, and like not not wanting to really stir anything or piss anybody off or rock the boat or mm-hmm. whatnot. So not kicking and scream. Like, is the relationship working? Are you doing what you need to do? Right. Are they doing what they need to do? Like, how do we make sure that everybody's showing up? And if they're not, how do we make changes? Mm-hmm. Change is really hard for people. Like, yeah. if you look at tarot cards, I'm not a big you know tarot card sure. person, but the card for change is death. 
Like, come on. <laughs> that's real. <laughs> that's real, okay? Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. real. But yeah. people don't like change. Change mm-hmm. is scary. Mm-hmm. And even whether it's the change of going outside of your room mm-hmm. and starting to meet people and network and who should you be meeting and what contest you need to be submitting to and mm-hmm. you know how to pitch and all of those things all the way through to I'm a big working studio writer, but guess what? My manager hasn't talked to me in a year. Mm-hmm. But it's still wow. taking ten percent. What taking, do I do? Right. And how you know, how does it not feed into my writerly insecurities yes. that, you know, my manager knows something that I don't, that I'm not gonna be working for a long time. So, you know, it's over. Like how mm-hmm. do I get that confidence? How do I move to another rep? How do I meet other reps? How do I take rejection? Because guess what? Rejection goes all the way up. Yep. You know, unless you're one of those ten writers on the studio list that will be working from here to eternity. Mm-hmm. There's rejection the whole way through. So how do you handle totally. it? How do you respond totally. properly to it? Where do you unleash all of your shit? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like <laughs> Lisa and I talk about it all the time. And I've spent my entire career outside of the system. And it's still work. Mm-hmm. Still do fine on money. Yeah. Like all the, and there's ways to do it. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and it's about you finding the work for yourself. Absolutely. You know what I mean, if you can do that, you'll be fine. Listen, you know? working as a writer, first of all, you got to be crafty. Mm-hmm. You got to be crafty. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be as invested in your career as you are mm-hmm. ever. Oh my God, can you say that one more again? <laughs> <laughs> like I've been trying to preach to the choir for like years. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? I remember. She's crafty. I was, it's like you got to invest in who? If you won't invest in you, who, who won't believe in you? Mm-hmm. I remember I had a writer who sent a script, a working writer who sent a script to an EP on Mad Men, mm-hmm. right? They refuse to. So I'll leave the EP nameless just to That's you fine. know do them that little favor. <laughs> but the writer Mother comes Parker. back to me, <laughs> and she's like, "They just, you know, they're they're into it, but I just I just sense they don't love it. Like they don't love it. Like I love it. Like yeah, of course they're not gonna fucking love it. Like no, you love it. Like yours. are you kidding me? Like they have seventeen others. Right. Mm-hmm. You have the one. Right. Like right. of course they're not gonna love it the same way. Of course they're not gonna invest the same way because of that. You have to be strategic and thoughtful and unemotional as much as you can in those communications Mm -hmm. to figure out how to move it forward. And the Mm -hmm. writer went, fuck you. And, and ultimately went completely blew up that relationship Mm -hmm. because the writer was emotional Mm -hmm. and like, you, you don't love it. Like I love it. Like, (laughs) no, they don't. Um, And the moment you got that lip trimmer, it's like, you know what? This meeting is over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Yeah. Take this bottle of water and keep it moving, sister. So yeah, but it's understanding like it's in your hands. You have the most to gain from it. Therefore, you have to be the smartest about it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't put it all in somebody else's hands. You can't mismanage your own emotion. You can't expect others to do what you can do for your work. And mm-hmm. you have to show up. If you don't show up for your work, ain't nobody else gonna. That's right. Wow. So right. Wow. yeah, it's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. And and writers, you know can either, and this is not a blank, blanket statement because I have tons of <laughs> professional writers who know how to show up who are really great, but mm-hmm. there, I've also seen writers who either show up really timid, mm-hmm. I'll let whoever mm-hmm. do the work and I'm, I'm going to sit back and mm-hmm. if they call me and tell me, then mm-hmm. great, and if not, I'll just be sitting by the phone. Yeah. Or show up overly powerful. Here's what it has to be. Here's yeah, how it happens. You know, doing extras. Right. Right. Yeah, they're, right. they're dictating other mm-hmm. people's jobs, and it's about finding that balance. And, and like you said, like mm-hmm. understanding what your manager will do for you and won't right. do for you. Understanding mm-hmm. that about your agent. Mm-hmm. Is it a relationship that's going to work? A production company. What are they expecting from you? Are mm-hmm. you going to give it? Right. Like, are you comfortable with that? When do you invest? When do you not invest time? When do you not work for free? When do you work for it? Like, yeah. making all of those decisions. You have to think about it. It can't all be gut. Definitely. It just can't. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the, the show I'm working on now, the 
the showrunner brought in all the writers, but I have to work everybody's <laughs> deals and whatever. So I've been on the phone with everybody's agents and stuff like that. So it's been really interesting talking to them and seeing the ones that are like, well, whatever you guys want to do. And then the other ones were like, okay, well, I want to make sure that she gets this certain credit and that she mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I like this dude. I should, I might call this <laughs> motherfucker when I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you can tell the ones who really care. Oh, yeah. Who are like, hey, you said you were going to call me at three. It's now four. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no, but that, I mean, like, mm-hmm. to me, that's professional. But then you have the ones who are like, it's my first script and this company is going to um, produce it. And I also want to direct and I want to produce credit. Mm-hmm. And you take a step back and you say, what value do you bring to it as a producer? You've never produced anything. You've never Mm -hmm. done a short. Mm -hmm. Like, what is your value add Mm -hmm. in this situation? Do you have the right to ask for it on a first feature? Sure. Mm -hmm. Like, when you're getting writer credit, and by the way, you're directing it, oh, now you want to produce it? (laughs) Back off. Yes. But it's like, you know, people (laughs) say... But they think they automatically should get it because... But but then you talk to real producers Mm -hmm. who are like, I can't come to this project because I have no value to bring to it. Correct. And you understand that's the conversation. But, you know, like writers send their scripts out and then they'll call me. I was like, oh, I haven't followed up in a while. What's a while? Six months. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like if you sent your child somewhere, would you mm-hmm. not check that he got Correct. there safely? <laughs> Six months later, did my baby show up? <laughs> <laughs> Is he still there? I oh, thought he, he was camping out. He might be a little taller now, little, right? Yes. Yeah. No, but like, it's, that's the professional thing to do. Right. You follow up on your work. Like you exactly. give yourself a timetable. You do it strategically, but you follow up. So you're supposed to have a call with somebody. Like you said, you mm-hmm. don't like just, oh, they never called. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll call tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit here and wait. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like two years later, there's a long right. beard and, you know, starvation right. going on. Right. But they're sitting right. on the And they forget you. And they forget. Yeah. Definitely. But like you follow up. You're like, hey, we're supposed to be on at three. I see you're not on. Mm-hmm. You know, if today's not good, let me let me know when we can reschedule as opposed right. to just. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> With like this well, they didn't call, so they must not be interested. Yeah. No, they probably just never got to it no. yet. Yeah. But, or yeah. something else got in the way yeah, or whatever. whatever. Let them tell you, you know what, this is really not the time yeah. to do this call. I'll get back to you some other time if I have Correct. the time. Like, let let them say it. I'll let you off the hook. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot, a lot of times writers who are just coming out who are not, who haven't kind of gotten into the regiment of of being a working writer and, mm-hmm. and how to function in the industry have this thing of, you know, just holding out for hope. Mm-hmm. Definitely. They haven't called, but they haven't said they don't want to talk, so <laughs> let's just wait. Like, don't, uh-huh. call, don't hold out for hope. There's to- so many avenues out there. I was talking to um, one of my clients last week who, mm-hmm. is, who has a, fe- a feature who, that's finance that's going out, and somebody reached out to them, uh, to her and her produ- producing partner. I said, I can get you with a distributor with Lifetime. You have to sign the deal this week. Mm. Feature's not done. Mm. They don't know what they have. What is Lifetime offering? And this is not Lifetime, mind you. This is yeah. a middle person. I was like, hold on. Why, why are we just saying, yes, let's go for it? What is this company offering? What do you have and what is its value? Right. As opposed to, oh, we got to take it because it's Lifetime and somebody offered me something, so yeah. I better say yes. Right. Right. Um, so it's really understanding strategically what's going to work for you. What isn't? Understanding your own value. Mm-hmm. Not overstating your own value. Like I had somebody you know, email me once and say, I'm going to sell a script for $10 million. Well, guess what? <laughs> that hasn't been done. <laughs> hasn't been done. So, Has yeah. it ever? No. No. Shane Blackman did it. Ain't no. nobody ever? Ever? No. No, four point five. Um, yeah. But he was like, "That every script of mine is going to sell for ten, and I'm, that's just how it's going to be, and I'm going to rewrite the industry." Okay, good luck with that. God well, be with you. Well, coming with that from from that angle, what is the biggest mistake? You're talking about writers being strategic when they're and just talk about newbies when they come to you and say, "Hey, um, 
I need to work with you on this. What are the biggest blunders that you see the mistakes that newbies are coming? When they come to you and say, I need some help, and you say, okay, so what have you been doing? How much time do you have? Because oh <laughs> I need them to know and take notes out there. First of all, taking out a script that's not ready. That's the biggest mistake ever Write that, that down, make fam. all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wrote it. I love it. My mom loves it. I'm taking it out. It's ready. Mm-hmm. Says who? <laughs> like you ha- It has to be read by people who know the industry, who read scripts all the time today. Mm-hmm. Not who people, not people who like made movies 25 years ago. No disrespect to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but people who are in the industry today who are aware of what's happening. So getting that script great because good just doesn't cut it like good enough i mean say say that one more again good don't cut it okay how many times have you tried to tell people stuff can't just be good no it's got to be great it's, it's got to be, be great. it's got to be like it's got I mean, to become okay it's got to yeah. be i got yes. to jump up and want to tell somebody like y'all if y'all don't get this mm-hmm. and a lot of times what you see is it's just and people think that that's good and it's not no people are like oh they'll see the potential in it Either they see the potential or they don't. Like, fuck the potential. There's an industry word that I love, Mm -hmm. undeniable. Mm -hmm. The work has to be undeniable. undeniable. Like, whether somebody responds to it emotionally or not, that is the only part that should be negotiable. I got it. I didn't get it. I connected with it. I didn't. But the work is there. Like, Mm -hmm. it's for me. It's not for me. That is the only conversation. But the work has to be undeniable. Mm -hmm. So taking out material before you've beat it up enough, before you've had enough people look at it saying to say, you know... I get it. The craft is great. It's effective. It's affected enough people. You you have enough of a swath of mm-hmm. people who read it to say it hit with, you know, 10 people read it. Four were really affected by it emotionally. They got mm-hmm. it. Everybody got the craft. I didn't get craft notes. Maybe I got character notes. Right. Maybe I got tonal notes. Um, those tend to be more subjective. Sure. Um, so that's the first mistake. Second, going out without a clear brand of what you do. Oh I was talking to one writer who, oh and it, yes. he was, you know, he was like, "I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I'm doing the other thing." And I was like, well, "What? What is your brand? What is your core thing?" He's mm-hmm. like, well, "Can't I just be a writer?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what? God bless him because you got to remember, we was like that too. I'm yeah. a writer. We just did it. We just did it. I'm the um, the vice chair of the L- of the Writers Guild for the LGBT committee and mm-hmm. for the Black committee, and we just did this like meet and greet thing with with uh, these like executives or whatever <clears throat> so we had like a little two minute pitches and I'd always sit there and I'd always let the person go ahead of me and I'd just listen to them and then I'd start and I'd do my little spiel and, but, when I, but when I start talking about myself as a writer I would always say you know like horror is my love mm-hmm. however I always find a way to add comedy through the fact that I like underdog stories and it mm-hmm. comes from the fact of me being a black gay man mm-hmm. and yada, and everybody would sit up yeah, you know, right. just because like they're curious getting it. Right. Yeah, right. what I'm telling you is it doesn't matter what genre I write I'm writing an underdog story mm-hmm. in yeah. some way yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I mean no, you're, you're plugging into themes that are going <laughs> to be permeating throughout your work Correct. which mm-hmm. I think is incredibly effective mm-hmm. like this is what I'm into mm-hmm. but you know I find we as just human beings, our nature is to look for best in field, right? right? That's what we look for. If you're getting married, you're mm-hmm. going to have a big Italian wedding. You're not going to bring in an Indian caterer who made a good lasagna. <laughs> like you're going to find the best Italian food you can fucking afford. Definitely, definitely. Um, same with architecture. You can't just be an right. architect. Like right. either you design, you know, skyscrapers or luxury homes. Okay. Like you don't do both. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's, Writers stop like stopping to think that they're somehow being put in this unfair box that they'll never be able to break out out of. First of all, you'll be able to break out later mm-hmm. when you find success. But first, like tell people how they're going to be selling you. Like mm-hmm. don't, and don't expect an agent or manager to figure it out because if you can't serve it for them. They're not going to know what to do they with have, you. They're not going to be in the room with you pitching. No. no. Like, they can't be going, this writer's awesome. You need to hire them. <laughs> like, no, that's you, boo-boo. That's you. <laughs> no, nobody, you calls them and says, nobody calls and says, like, oh, do you have a good writer? 
Mm-hmm. Like, hello, David Boxerbaum. Do you have a good writer? Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. not the call that he gets. Yes, the call yes. that he gets is like, who do you have that's great with thrillers? Who do you mm-hmm. have that's great with, you know, family dramas with, you know, with an edge? Like, right. those are the calls. So right. he's not going to go and say, oh, well, this guy's a great writer. He's done 17 things, but that's not one of them. But I'm guessing he can because he does everything. Yeah. That's not the person he sends. He's going to send the ones like, oh my God, there's this, I have this great family script, mm-hmm. totally edgy. You've got to read this. I think this guy's perfect for you. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to work. So you have to create yourself, brand yourself for the industry rather than waiting for agents and managers to do it for you. Because the reality today is, is you know, and that gets us into the next step, which is mm-hmm. agents and managers, mm-hmm. writers going, right. I wrote a script. I need an agent. First of all, you don't need an agent. You need a manager. (laughs) Second, you need a body of work. Third is the script industry ready, right? Mm -hmm. So understanding what you need, understanding how to create yourself for them. So how to create the body of work that makes sense to them. How to learn to talk about yourself. Mm -hmm. What is your story? People will say, like, tell me about you. And you go, well. Yeah, because a lot of times they focus focus in on the writing part, and they don't remember to cultivate the stuff that's going to get them to read the writing part of yourself. You know, I I interviewed Marcus Goerg from Heroes and Villains Mm -hmm. a couple years ago now. They're good people. Mm -hmm. Good people. Um, And he said to me something I thought was, I mean, he's super astute, as you guys know, Mm -hmm. to start with. Uh, But he said something to me. He said, as a writer, your first story is your own. So you better know how to tell that story. That's right. And I think that's so smart yes. and so specific because a lot of writers like, tell me about yourself. They give you chronology. Mm-hmm. Chronology is not a story. It's not <laughs> memorable. True. You know, you're going to have a lot of people with a lot of, with very similar stories. Yep. If you just go, here's where I went to school and here's where I went to college. And oops, I didn't go to college. So yeah. I did, you know, here's when I moved to LA. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> what is your story? What is your personal identity? That it, that is your value add mm-hmm. for writing assignment, for, for right. staffing on TV shows, what is this unique experience that you bring into your scripts and into any professional situation? So figuring that out, (laughs) figuring out those stories beyond just what's on the page because, you know, writers rail against the idea that this is a collaborative business because writing is such a solitary practice. Mm -hmm. But the moment that you're done writing in solitude, you are collaborating. You are in, whether you're a TV writer in the room Mm -hmm. with a bunch of people like you're dealing Mm -hmm. with right now, or whether you are dealing with studio execs, with your development execs who are working with you on your feature, mm-hmm. it's all collaborative. And that's when we lean on themes, right? right? right. You write underdog stories. Mm-hmm. That has to speak to something that you've always yeah. felt, right? And, and no matter what the genre is, yeah. that's what I connect. Yeah. That's yeah. my yeah. theme, no matter yeah. what. So that's, those themes and those things that drive us end mm-hmm. up permeating through our work and getting into conversations and, and being Correct. what we bring into writing assignments mm-hmm. and writing, you know, writing in the room and our own script. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure out how to talk about these things, how to be a... You know, not a complete working package by the time you get representation, <laughs> but how to have a clear identity of sure. who you are as a person as a, and as sure. a writer and the shit to back it up. So mm-hmm. the scripts, the body of work, if you're a comedian, some, you know, some sketches, mm-hmm. um, if you're a TV writer, some essays to go, like really figuring out how to create yourself honestly. So mm-hmm. create um, implies that there's some duplicity here. There isn't. But how to project the most honest image of who right. you are as a person, as a writer that makes you a compelling person for others to take a chance on and believe that I can get this person working. I can Mm -hmm. put this person in a room Mm -hmm. because the reality of it is that from the moment an agent or manager meets with you and it doesn't matter if it's an official like sit down in their office capacity or at a party, all they're thinking is, can I put them in front of somebody? Can I put them in a room and not be embarrassed? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and it goes on and on to then development executives, showrunners, EPs, whatever. Can I that's put them real. in front of my next higher yeah, up and not go, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, yeah I had no what idea. what people don't realize is like even on a show, like sometimes the execs come into the room to have oh, yeah. a meeting. Oh, yeah. So you got to make sure everybody in that room is going to be okay and not say something like motherfucker when they're in the room you just sit there quietly <laughs> you don't say shit yeah <laughs> let us handle our business okay. totally you be quiet okay. <laughs> you know what I mean no but writers like kind of and I get it like you sit you write you create you put your heart and soul in it the idea of selling mm-hmm. is really off-putting but mm-hmm. the reality is that everybody's selling something yes. to somebody in this industry right. so whether it's you selling yourself to an agent or manager an agent or manager selling you to their higher ups or selling you to the buyers the buyers the buyer is very rarely the actual buyer that can write the check, right? Mm-hmm. In, in TV, we have 49 individuals that can write a check. Mm-hmm. In features, we have less so in the studio world, more so in the sure. indie world. But you're going to go through levels, right? So if you're going up for a writing assignment, you're doing the treatment. So you're going to pitch the CE, the creative executive, and then they're going to put you up in front of the you know, the development executive. And then mm-hmm. the development executive is going to put you up in front. These are steps. Yep. Exactly. Right. These are the steps that. that you go through. And they're selling mm-hmm. you up, and they're selling your project. Mm-hmm. And they have to feel like, okay, I'm comfortable with this person in the room. I'm comfortable mm-hmm. with how they carry themselves, who they are, how they talk about themselves, all of those things, which mm-hmm. can sound really daunting, but it's all doable. It's yeah. all in you. It's all just figuring out how to work that, how to not mold that again, because it, it sounds artificial, but mm-hmm. how, how to bring those things out of well, yourself. How to bring out the best of you, Exactly. How to show yeah. up. And the way that I look at it is most anybody who's a writer or who's trying to become a writer, trying to break in, mm-hmm. had some sort of a job before they were a writer, Absolutely. right? Most of us, fortunately or not, or Unfortunately, <laughs> not independently wealthy, had yep. to get a job. Right. There's an interview process Hello. there <laughs> that everybody had to do. It's the same, Why it's the same. It's the same thing. This it's is more competitive yes. for more money, yeah. for more rewards. Mm-hmm. So clearly, you're going to have to work a little harder. Correct. Yep. yep. Now, on the flip side of that, yeah. the more experienced writers coming to you and mm-hmm. trying to rebrand themselves, what are some of the things that you find them making mistakes doing? Because we do have professionals who listen to us and they're like, Hey, I'm rebranding. I'm moving from maybe from film to TV, TV to film. You know, it's new to me. I've been around for a while, but this is brand new, and I need to figure out what my um, niche is. Biggest mistake is um, not creating a, a lot more original work. Kind of feeling like, well, my work is there; it should speak for itself. Right. Yeah. I, I haven't delivered a new script to my agent since 2008, but we're fine. <laughs> no, we're fucking not. Right, um, right. TV writers tend to have a harder time because TV writers get in the fashion of getting paid yes. for every script. Mm-hmm. Yes. So suddenly, what do you mean I have to write for free? Correct. You have to write for free. Correct. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I mean. And mm-hmm. they get into the habit of, oh, I've been on the show for three seasons. Yeah. yeah I, know, I know we're coming back next season. Why do I need to write a new script? Yeah. Instead no. of... They thought they were coming back and they decided, fuck it, we're canceling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people find now out. Now what? Okay. Now what? <laughs> yeah, like, what is your writing sample? Like, every writer, you know, I have writers who are coming off of TV who are writing, I have a three week hiatus. They're mm-hmm. going to turn out a script in, that, in those three weeks. Granted, Correct. they're going to be outlining in the weeks and months leading up to it. Mm-hmm. So when they get to the page, they can bang that thing out in a week. Right. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they are constantly staying competitive and I find that a lot of writers I think that that's the best term for it a lot of writers who are further who are working writers who are trying to figure out how to re-stimulate a career mm-hmm. how to become relevant again right just kind of go oh well my my agent's sending me out on this assignment and that assignment I'm going to keep doing them until they fade away and right. until there's no more um, and then ultimately don't create any of their own shit so suddenly there's no more writing assignments yeah. and they're sitting there going I have nothing, and I, you know, I need six. If it's a feature, it can be six months or to a year to write a new feature. Mm-hmm. 
If it's a pilot, you know, usually less, but it can be easily four mm-hmm. to six months. So not staying on top of their career and expecting for it to just show up mm-hmm. or expecting to succeed today on the merit of something that helped them in and that's, 2008. That's, and for mm-hmm. a lot of people, that's a hard adjustment, you know, because the industry has changed so much and things are mm-hmm. moving so quickly and you have to be like, well, what's current? What do you have current? And like, we have a lot of people who are EPs and, you know, producers from like well-known shows mm-hmm. and it's like, it's, it's a challenge yeah. and, and trying to... To be open and and be fearless and embracing that change and and reinventing yourself and figuring out what's the next move for me as a writer. Yeah, we were talking before we um, off air, whatever, (laughs) before we started taping, we were talking about how there are certain writers, we know who we're talking about, who (laughs) have been around 20 years ago, they broke in, right? And so their view... Of 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 how this industry works is still locked into this pattern of how it's oh, yeah. supposed to work, and but they don't realize we're in a time now. We talk about this all the mm-hmm. time, where you have to be your own boss now. Oh yeah, you know you mm-hmm. can't just go. Oh, I got a great idea. I'm going to pitch it to the network. They're going to pay me to write a script Mm-mm. unless you're there. Mm-mm. We have to go. I need to write a script, package it, fi- yeah. figure out who I can bring in. Then go to the network. You need all these other right. elements. You have right. to bring elements. Right. You know. Absolutely. They, you can't just go because I'm somebody now. Well, you, <laughs> you have know? to remember, right. 20 years ago, you know, the, the height of the spec boom, right? Mm-hmm. So writers, because material was moving so fast, because we didn't have internet, which was sure. a big component for it, yeah, because Correct. there was no way to create competition and confusion. Mm-hmm. Now or there, there isn't that way now that there was then because now you know people are texting and emailing and tracking board and all, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You could get a spec a spec out to market on a regular basis on a Tuesday and have it sell by Friday. Sure. And people mm-hmm. were just the studios were buying so quickly. Studios then the majority of them were not owned by corporations yet. Mm-hmm. Big difference from where we are today. All, right. Everybody but some, but but Disney is owned by a corporation, so there was a lot more eagerness for. New material. Granted, all that was launched by the '88 strike, mm-hmm. where writers were right. sitting at home writing with nothing to do, mm-hmm. and suddenly flooded the market with all of this available material from mm-hmm. very high-profile writers. Right. But you had the luxury then of coming up with one script, right, that had a kernel of a good idea mm. in it, having an agent take it out. Like Jewel Ross talks about the fact that you know he took a script, his first script that he took to market sold in two weeks. Right. Does it was it sp- a completely different time. <laughs> no, like, does it speak of Jewel Ross being the great Jewel Ross? Yes. yes. But it also speaks to a completely different time in the Correct. industry where you can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah That's when they were selling million-dollar scripts, yeah, too. Yeah, but we're in, we're in, then it was the one-and-done time, right? Mm-hmm. You could show yep. up with a script, have it sell in two weeks, mm-hmm. and you are done. You are mm-hmm. never working in this industry again, but you got mm-hmm. your half-million-dollar, your million-dollar, and you're good mm-hmm. for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> for a couple of years, okay. You know, for a couple, <laughs> a couple of years. Today, we're mm-hmm. in a career stage. Like Definitely. it is completely different time. It takes much, much longer to break mm-hmm. in. Today, mm-hmm. we're talking about you know, I say three to ten years. A lot yeah. of people tell me that I'm way too generous in that. I've seen it happen yeah. in three to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about somebody like Scotty Mullen that mm-hmm. was on your show who managed right. to you know, in six months, mm-hmm. go from Great American Pitch Fest. Talk to about having, a hustler. Okay, yeah, total hustler. Like uh-huh. that dude is Smart. amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Just he's over there at a hey, Scotty killing. Right now. I know. Now he's casting. I'm like, you better. He's on like fourth feature with him. He's okay. unstoppable. Yes. He's unstoppable yes. and he's amazing. And he's a guy who was able to meet Asylum at Great American Pitch Fest in May and have them shoot the movie that, man, granted, they asked him to write for them. So it was mm-hmm. based on their concept mm-hmm. in December. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've seen it happen that way. Those are the outliers. Right. He's definitely, I have he's not an seen it. Yes. I've not seen others do it that fast, but I've mm-hmm. seen it done in three years. Right. 
not often, but I've certainly seen it done. Mm-hmm. Today, we're in, you have to be in it to build a career, Correct. not to write a script, yeah. you know, effectively play the lottery and come mm-hmm. out with some money and, and go away because that's right. the one that you had. So mm-hmm. the industry looks to see that you are here to stay, that you have more than one idea, that you have more than one script that mm-hmm. you can execute again and again, that you can wash, rinse, repeat yeah. effectively. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that's where, I mean, we really have been changing for a long time from the spec boom of the 90s, but the big change happened in 2008, right? The writer's strike where writers won the battle, lost the war, TV blew up, not because of networks, but because of cable streamers, right. those kind mm-hmm. of those entities that really look to get in the game and ensure there's yeah. a game to get into. No media but you know, with yeah. T V it's a lot of, you know, the rich are getting richer. Yeah. Um, in a sense that, yeah, a lot of people go, oh, there's so much more work in TV. I should go and write that bullshit. <laughs> you know, yeah, there are more people that are in the WGA who are getting paid mm-hmm. through television, 4100 for 2014 versus 1800 for features. Okay with them stats, Okay, okay. But, <laughs> Drop the numbers. I told you, I love numbers. <laughs> Receipts. <data>. Receipts. <laughs> um, but there are a lot more people in features that work who are not WGA. Mm-hmm. First of all, you don't have that option in television. Mm-hmm. Secondly, television is much, much harder to break into because yeah. you are becoming part of a moving machine. And right. if you break that machine, yep. that is a big machine to break. Right. Um, you know, Features are – they are a standalone business, right? Mm-hmm. They are startup versus corporate. So right. a feature is a startup business for that one feature and everything is in that one script. Right. For somebody to have a pilot purchase from them, mm-hmm. the pilot is the beginning of you know, a 100-episode vision. Like, mm-hmm. I talked to somebody, what, last week who was like, yeah, I have this idea for a pilot, but I don't want to move to L.A. Would they just buy the pilot for me? No. <laughs> <laughs> just no. Uh, Hallie, I'm not trying to come out exactly. there. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's the whole, like, you have to have a this? vision for yeah. a show. It's a much yes, bigger right. thing. So, you know, the good news about TV is that if you do break in, you can sustain a lifelong career in there mm-hmm. in a way that film tends to be a lot more evasive. Right. Yeah. And that's a great analogy, he said, from startup. Yeah, corporation. Corporate. Now, Two different things. you have a book coming out in March. I do. Tell me about the book. You I know, do. I love that kind of stuff. So my new book is called Breaking in Tales from the Screenwriting Trenches. My mm-hmm. passion, in case you guys missed it, is <laughs> <laughs> all about what it really takes to break in, right? Because mm-hmm. I, my job is, you know, I love my working writers. So for those of you who are listening, this is not a knock against mm-hmm. you. I love you and adore you. But, you know, there, there's a certain joy that you get from mm-hmm. watching writers break in. Like right now, I have an AFF finalist, two people for up for Warner Brothers who are supposed to get the call last week, next week. Mm-hmm. I'm literally not sleeping at night. Like, <laughs> oh, it's bad. Like, yes. um, so my passion is writers break in. That's really where my heart is, even though I love, love, love working with my pros, mm-hmm. but they're just, they have different things to figure out, right. different challenges. Right. Um, so, you know, I became more and more interested as I was doing this and figuring out how is breaking in different today? Mm-hmm. What does it mm-hmm. actually take? Like, forget the story of I wrote a script, I sold the script, I became mm-hmm. a millionaire. Mm-hmm. The rest is history. I bought a house in the hills. It's all good. Like, that, <laughs> that doesn't happen in this industry today. So breaking that happen to you, <laughs> So breaking in is all about what it actually takes. So there are 40 interviews in the book, 16 with writers who broke in after 2008. So okay. we're not talking about big, glamorous writers. We're talking about working, working writers, writers who sold real, specs, yes, yes. who sold pilots, the who are staffed horses. on mm-hmm. TV, mm-hmm. who had web series, who got working, not had, you know, not won the lottery. There's a big difference there between yeah. getting working and, and winning the lottery. Yes. So there are 16 of those. There's 24 interviews with agents, managers, executives, program directors, spec market experts, just talking about the industry, where we are today, because mm-hmm. I feel there's 
a shortage of information about yeah. where we are. How did we get here? What is the reality of it? Like, forget mm-hmm. the dream. And, you know, maybe I, I tend to experience it more because people call me and say, I wrote a script. How do I sell it for half a million dollars? <laughs> you know, I'm in Minneapolis and I've never been to LA. Nobody's ever read my script, but how do I sell it for half a million dollars? I need you to help me do it. To which you go, oh, there's so many, so many things wrong with this. Okay. I don't even know okay. where to begin. So the book is really, the, the long answer is this book is really a boots on the ground study of what it actually takes, mm-hmm. what is actually happening and breaking in writers today. So what does it take to sell a spec? What, it, what are the steps to selling a specs if that happens? What are the steps to setting up a pilot? How does the room work? Mm-hmm. What are the fellowships that matter and that don't? What is the deal with contests? Everybody's like, mm-hmm. should I spend money? Should I not? Where should mm-hmm. I spend my money? Right. All of those things. What, you know, how are agents and managers different? How do you work with them? What do they expect from you? All of those things. What are general meetings? How do you conduct yourself? What, it, what is developing your take? Um, what is the reality of getting writing assignments? Because I certainly talk to people who are like, I want a contest. How do I get writing assignments now? Um, <laughs> You haven't been on a general, then you don't. Uh, <laughs> so it's really an, an exploration of that. Okay. So that's okay. The book. No, I that's so needed because I was just thinking about that. Like all the books and the information that's come out, like more real time information mm-hmm. as it's changing. And I don't think I could think. Can you, can you even think of any books? I can't even think of new books that are coming out now. There was the one. Um, that was talking about the new markets and things, but in terms of boots on the ground mm-hmm. coming in and doing it. Yep. You know, past the old days of the spec market. Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, I think there might be a few, but they're old. Like, they don't yeah. work anymore. Yeah. They're old. I hate to, I hate to throw them under, but yeah. they kind of don't. I mean, they're good for just, like, you know, a little tidbit, but in terms of, like, Yeah, there's now, some now, things in there, I'm sure, that still yeah, matter, right. but they're not current anymore. Yeah, I wanted to do a study now. Yeah. Correct. What does it take now? Yeah. And granted, this may mean that in five years I need to write a whole new one, <laughs> and that's okay. We'll deal with it at that time. The fifth right? edition. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, that's the reality of working in a very dynamic industry where mm-hmm. things shift and change, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think writers need to be invo- informed about what's shifting and changing mm-hmm. and what's happening now. Right, right. Correct. And having them get access to the information. So yeah. So hard. Yeah, yeah. Yay. yeah. And I leaned on a lot of agents and managers and producers and executives to, what are, what are these people thinking mm-hmm. Like, how are they mm-hmm. seeing this picture as opposed to, don't just take it from me. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. I'm all over it, but <laughs> don't just take it from me. Like, here's here's how the industry is responding. Here's what the industry has to say. Well, take a little tidbit from that. Maybe one of the agents and managers that you talked in the book, what's one of the tidbits they gave you as, like, if you could tell, if you could just tell these writers this, <laughs> you would make my life so much easier. <laughs> is there any, like, little nugget? Um, study the industry. Become a student of the game. Mm-hmm. Don't expect your reps or your producers to feed you information um you know that's that's a really big thing Mm. don't make a plan b like you can't be a Mm. a weekend warrior writer Mm -hmm. it has to be your thing Mm -hmm. it has to be something Mm -hmm. that you are in it for the long haul and if it's not this script it's the next script (laughs) uh-oh this is a funny shit (laughs) we meet writers all the time who are like i'm gonna give myself a year or two or some shit we got to talk about those motherfuckers (laughs) then don't and then don't I talked to one one manager. This is in the book. I talked to one manager who told me that she sat down with a writer she was thinking about repping, Mm -hmm. and she sat down with a a writer. They met at a bar, and the Mm -hmm. the writer said to her, I'm giving this two years, and then I'm out. And she was like, well, then I'm out right now. I'm out. And the meeting was over. the meeting was over. Yeah. Like, this is not a joke. This is, it takes... This is real shit. It takes that time, like, in two years with a manager. It Mm -hmm. takes that time sometimes to get to a script that the manager feels 
feels like this is the undeniable Correct. script we've been waiting for. Correct. So You're building after, that relationship. Yeah. That right. Like they're not saying I'm betting on you for a year and then I'm out. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to say the same. I'm, I'm in it for what it's going to take. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying I'm going to do it for a year and then I'm going to go get my teaching degree. Mm-hmm. Like either See, you really, I, really want this or not. Right. When I hear somebody say that, to me, that's entitlement. It's like, my script is so good, it's only going to take me this long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they have that thing about them. And if they had discovered my greatness, do you know what? I'm which, gone. Which reminds me, I went to lunch last Saturday with some writers. Younger writers. Well, actually, they're about my age, but they're younger. <laughs> younger writers. in their writer years. Younger in their writer years. They've been writing, but they haven't done anything that's yeah. anything. So they wrote a script similar to another script that was huge. Mm-hmm. Right. And he sat there. One of the guys sat there. They're probably going to hear this episode. Whatever. <laughs> one, of the guys, I don't give a, one of the guys was sitting there. And he basically was telling me, you know, well, they came out with that movie. You know, I don't think it was as good as mine. And he had that thing. And I just sat there quietly listening. And he just was going in about they made this. And my script was so much better. And I had this. And they'd even talk about this. And it's based on a real story. They right. didn't have this. They didn't have that. Yeah, but the movie and was I, done. So. And I sat there yeah. and I said, let me tell you a quick story. <laughs> In essence, what I told him was, I used to always go to the coffee shop in West Hollywood before I ever had offices or anything. And I'd sit at the coffee shop with um, Lance Black, Brian Singer, all these cats, right? The fucking gay mafia. And we'd all be sitting there. We'd all be talking about whatever. And I remember Lance was writing milk. And I remember when I first time I asked him, and he said this story many times. This isn't my own story. And he said this. He says, I said, why are you writing milk? There's like three other scripts on milk. And he says... So confidently, he says, yeah, but I don't think anybody's going to do it like I'm going to do it. There was no attitude. It was just like, yeah, but I kind of got to do it kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And then he said this. He says, you got to be first. Like, they still haven't done it. They're in development. Yep. Right? Yep. Now, we know what happened, and the rest is history. Mm Mm-hmm. And what that taught me was, no matter what script I write, and you know I write some scripts that other people are talking about writing right, right. even the black wall street right, you know there's right. three or four other people right. talking about doing it right and so my thing is to be first you be first and even if it doesn't work i got a badass sample or something yeah there. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and so i was i was mm-hmm. telling them that i was like you need to take that negative uh energy that you're giving me you didn't have to feel it but all I'm feeling is entitlement. Right, yep. right. And you haven't even done anything yet. No, right, listen, you right. can see it on much bigger scales, like Bad Moms that came out mm-hmm. this summer that was a huge hit. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? Adam Shankman had Mean Moms right. that he's been developing for three years, yeah. four years, waiting yeah. on Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That yeah. project just got a hit. Just got Very a big And Adam Shankman and Jennifer Aniston, by all means, are bigger, better, larger, Correct. you know, mm-hmm. not, you know, not in terms of quality, just mm-hmm. in terms of what they get paid. Correct. But that project, my guess is, is not going to go right away. Yep. They're going to have to hold off for a mm-hmm. few years mm-hmm. because Bad Moms just came out and was a freaking hit yep. that took the summer. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you got to be first. Got to be first. And it just takes the pressure off you to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to always write something that's in the fucking ether or whatever they I call everybody's it. Got, and it's, and I think that's hard for a lot of writers, especially newbies, to think that because they think that this thre- no one else could be possibly writing right. this. Yep. And I'm like, you'd be surprised yeah, well, at how many stories. It's called the zeitgeist. <laughs> it is the zeitgeist. Guys, you know, right. and if other people are writing it, this is what you should take from it. instead of being like, well, you should take like, hey, 
then I kind of know what I'm talking about. When I think something has potential and I think it's a good story, yeah. wow, other people think it's great too. So yeah. that should give you an incentive like, wow, I, I can capture some great ideas. I kind of know what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Go with that as opposed to, well, they're making it too. As I'm telling myself this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just had a big one. Woo! But this is uh, like the, se- this is the second go around. Yeah. This is like, I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones had some stuff going on yeah. years ago. They were, so it, it happens and you just have to be like, you got to be first. You got to yeah. be, be first. No, but like the other side of it is that you have to understand I work with writers like I I work with one writer who just did the Universal Feature Fellowship Mm -hmm. last year is now with WMA with Circle of Confusion like Mm -hmm. big things are happening for him he's Chandis? Yeah. Okay. I figured. (laughs) Love Chandis. We know we love Jason mm-hmm. Chandis. Love Chandis. Yeah. No, but he's he's one of those who's been working at it. Who's mm-hmm. such a hard worker, such mm-hmm. a talented writer. Been out here since I think two thousand eight. Came out right before hey, the Chandis. strike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's looking at Chandis and saying, "Oh well, he's been out here through, since two thousand eight. Yeah. Everybody's like, "Oh my God, isn't this awesome? Look at what's happening to Chandis." Because right. we all know the people who've been out here for twenty years right. who are just breaking putting out, it, putting in work, and yep. it, and it's fine. Like this is what it takes. I think there's this perception of like, "Oh, I'll put in a year, and if mm-hmm. if I didn't break, then they didn't recognize my mm-hmm. genius." No, you didn't recognize how this thing works. Correct. Like Chandis is one of these great examples mm-hmm. of what it really takes. Like mm-hmm. hard work, consistent growth, consistent forward right. movement. Beast of a writer. Beast, amazing writer, <laughs> you know? super talented, mm-hmm. unrelenting, unforgiving of himself, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to drive himself and ask the most of himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wakes up at 4 35 o'clock in the morning every day mm-hmm. to write before mm-hmm. his girls, before his kids wake up. Take- you got to want it. Yeah, See? yeah, yeah. You got to mm-hmm. sacrifice. You got to want it. And you yeah. can't put a time limit on it. Like, yeah. if this is what you want, then you go for it. And mm-hmm. if you can't put, you know, put yourself in yeah, it that yeah. much, then don't go for it because yeah. it's too fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! That's what's up. Giving us okay. some game here, yes. Miss Lee. Look at you. I want to go. Okay. No she kinda, <laughs> like, I don't, she kind of dropped. She's like dropped it like. Okay. My drop. Can you say the name of the book so people know one more sure. time? So the, br- the book that's coming out is called Breaking In: Tales from the Stre- Screenwriting Trenches. Okay. It's coming out March eighth. Is the date I have from the publisher? Okay. Two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. <laughs> um. There'll be more information on my site, which is leejessup.com. Okay. You on Twitter? I'm on Twitter, Leezy Jessup. Lee, okay, Leezy. Are you, yeah. are, you, are you a Twitter fiend? Or are you just kind She'll of like... She'll be on there a little I'm bit. There. Yeah. I'm there. I hang out. Honestly, most of my days, and this is where I, I'm really fucking lucky, are spent with writers. Yeah. Like morning That's till awesome. night. I start my Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I start at 8 o'clock in the morning. Aww, hey, awesome. Lee, if you have any like kick-ass success stories, let me know. We'll have them on the show. Yeah. Absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I will definitely yeah, be sending some people your way. Yeah, because you know, no, listen, we want you know working right people who are doing it in the, to give our PR, our audience like this is what it is. I'll send you a whole slew of names of writers who just broke in, are yeah. breaking in because my passion is what does it really take? What are the right. real stories? What mm-hmm. were the real experiences? Like, forget this. I wrote a script and then I got all this money for it and yeah, it's definitely. been great. I, right. I hate that shit. It drives me fucking crazy. Cool. Well, we like, shouted out Scotty Scotty Mullen, so we got to shout out April She. Also, the amazing April she yes. just got with representation. Yes, Very she proud did. Of her. Ahead, she, she promoted you on that. Oh, she said she? I followed what Lee told me to do, <laughs> and then she worked. I said, "Go ahead." No, but, but like, <laughs> but here's here's the thing. Can like, we tell them? Yeah, absolutely. Know? April is an amazingly talented writer, mm-hmm. comedy half hour comedy writer mm-hmm. who also she was a producer with me on yeah, the last. Who also does sketch and you know does all the stuff that a half hour comedy mm-hmm. writer need, should be doing, like taking classes and doing mm-hmm. all that. And she was a top three year in final draft mm-hmm. um, a couple years ago. 
And from there, got in touch. A few managers got in touch with them, and ultimately, she didn't sign with any of them. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. If she was top. Th- yeah, she was top three. Um, <clears throat> but you know, a few of them kept an open door with her, mm-hmm. so she kept reaching, like writing a script, reaching out, writing a script, reaching out, like doing That's what you, you got to do. do. Um, and so she finished this last script, and I was like, okay, let's let's get it out there. She's mm-hmm. like, ah. Uh, these people, they never get back to me. Do I have to? And I like, she said she was going to do it, and then she didn't. Like one day, I was like, okay, you're getting out your computer, you're doing it right now. Yes. Two weeks later, she was with a rep yeah. who had she she was she's now with Daniel Vang, who's Good Fear Films used to be Bender Spank. Mm-hmm. Um, but Daniel told her like, look, I've been watching you all these years that you're what sending I tell me. You? Okay, can I tell you people be okay. watching? Be wa- yeah, the streets, can I tell you people be watching? Be watching people. Be no, and he's like, watching. yeah, you're consistent, you're hardworking, you're turning out work and now mm-hmm. you turned out this amazing undeniable script like mm-hmm. he was calling her hounding her he was because we, yeah. we were in production yeah <laughs> and, and she yeah. couldn't answer the phone yeah he was she's like, like this 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 manager's agent's calling me and i can't answer the phone we're yeah. in the middle of whatever and yeah I'm he's like, like calling her thursday night calling her friday yeah, morning when sure she was did. in a meeting with you she's sure. like stepping out like he was because he read the script he knew this girl was hardworking. He yeah. learned this from watching her. He knew that she can be successful. He knew that she was diligent, that she was relentless, she, that she's going to keep at it. Mm-hmm. And finally, he found the script. And he was, and now, like, I saw her, what, last Wednesday? She mm-hmm. has, like, six generals coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch more. She's like, going to be on staff. She yeah, yeah, her script it's gonna just went out. Yep. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like her script went out a year ago. Right. But this is a perfect example of what it actually takes. Mm-hmm. Writing, doing the work, getting it out there, staying in, on top of your network, not taking personally where they're not getting back to you, mm-hmm. like figuring out how to get ha- it back. Having Lee tell you to open up your damn computer. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's you keep them accountable. You yeah. make them do but stuff they job. need to do. Right? That's yeah. my job to make sure they're doing everything that they mm-hmm. can be doing for themselves, and then Correct. finding more things to do. And Correct. April and I were finding more things to do, people mm-hmm. to reach out to, cold and who mm-hmm. to go after, and right. yet we're doing all of those things. Mm-hmm. And you know, Vang got back to her, and another person that I that was a cold. Approach, mm. if I, yeah, he was called, got back to her and said, I got to read you. And, you know, read her. She had two meetings with two wow. different people and was signed mm-hmm. within days yeah. because she was doing the work. This right. is what it fucking takes. And April is a beast. I mean, she the is. woman just. She puts her head down and mm-hmm. she does it, and she's unstoppable. She knows how to do everything. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I, produ- I produce with her. No, she she's can a produce smart, smart anything. girl. She's mm-hmm. badass. Yeah, and she's she's just she's not going to stop. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter when it's disappointing and when it sucks and when it's mm-hmm. annoying and when it's whatever. And the thing was, she signed with Vang on a Wednesday. I saw her that day. We had a glass of wine, and guess what? She was right back to working mm-hmm. after that. She was right mm-hmm. back to producing a web series yep. that yep. she was working on. But like, we stopped. Yeah, we that wrapped, glass and she went right into okay. the next thing. I was okay. like, you go we had a glass of wine. We toasted. We celebrated. We talked about all the marketing. Email she asked to everybody else. And then she took a glass of wine and she sat next to the computer. And then and she went to work on a web series. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's April, and that's how you have to be. It's Correct. this is the job. Your right. job is to get to be a working writer. Right. And that's how she treats it. So amazing. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> well, this is gonna drop tomorrow. Oh because wow. it's you. See. Because it's you. I'm a lucky girl. <laughs> so many friends. Exactly. Where you at, Lisa? Lisa Cole. Hey, you can Damn. always find me on uh, Twitter because you know I'm a Twitter fiend, <laughs> and especially all the new shows are back on and everything. Oh, yeah. And you know the Walking Dead's coming yes. back pretty soon. Uh-huh. So we get to find out yes. uh, that Michonne is going to live. Maybe next week we'll talk about Luke Cage. Then we'll have to. Get and uh, yeah, Luke Cage. Uh, also, you can find me on Bitch Flicks. Uh, you can find me every Saturday night. Well, not every because sometimes I'm gone and writing or doing something. But usually you find me with Geek Soul Brother or Black Girl. Whenever we're doing the um, uh, Saturday Night Sci-Fi live tweets, so that's always exciting. And um, yeah, mostly Twitter, yes. Twitter junkie, <laughs> Twitter shows, Twitter you know. And you, you gotta, gotta have your head. Yes, exactly. yes, yes. And I'm your host, Hilliard Gas. You guys can find me on Twitter 
at Hilliard Guest. Let's say Twitter like I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. Um, any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, big shout out to all the top countries that are following us. Brazil still keeps being way up there. I'm always like, who is in Brazil oh, down no. there? Hey. There's a lot of them bitches. Come down. Down. A little cachaça listening down. to a little Hilliard yeah. Guest. Come down and Brazil, have some food, Australia, okay. Italy, France. Of course, the UK. UK is always like number three. Canada. Um, I said Australia already. Yeah, China and Japan. Yeah, that's what's up. So we appreciate it all, y'all. You know how we do it on the Rant Room. So check it out, guys. Don't forget to follow us, to tweet us, to um, five-star review us on iTunes. I always forget that. And Just also, give them love in every yeah. way because they deserve it <laughs> exactly. and earn it. And we're on Facebook, and I never promote that. I'm just horrible at that. <laughs> um, but you're busy. But I got a new assistant now. Oh, okay, good. So... Well, she's in the room, so I got to do and shit okay. too at the same time. <laughs> but I told her when we rap, bitch, you're going to work with me. You're going to work with me. So, <laughs> anyway, so you guys know how we do it on the mm-hmm. Rant Room. Join us for 2016. So on the show, we keep it real. Mm-hmm. We keep it opinionated. What? We keep it what, everybody? 2016. 2016. Peace, Let the beast about the cage That light about the dark Can you build the inferno From the itty bitty spark Coffee shop hustlers Rise with the cream A million other writers Same Hollywood dream Your pen and paper All like bullets in the gun Write what you feel Say what you want In the red We say So look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. Mm-hmm.